welcome back to the Riff Music News Podcast. I'm your host, Uni Mojica. So happy to be here today. This is our second episode, but it almost kind of feels like our first because we have a new guest and we haven't really been back in a while. So our last episode was recorded in August and now we're here in November. But before we bring this guest on to you today, I'm going to get into a couple of music headlines. Um, So I'm just going to get right into it. Recently, Berkeley has decided to launch the Institute of Jazz and Gender Justice, which is really interesting and it's really relevant to the times that we're living in. And it's for me, it's really satisfying to see that jazz is becoming aware of what is actually going on. And I've been kind of feeling like we've been a a little bit behind. So I'm just going to read a couple of headlines from the article that you can find at jazztimes.com. The article says, the Berklee College of Music will launch the Berklee Institute of Jazz and Gender Justice at the end of this month, October 2018. The institute, founded by jazz drummer Terry Lynn Carrington, will also serve as the artistic director aims to focus on gender equality in jazz. She says, I am proud to serve as the founder and artistic director for the Berkeley Institute of Jazz and Gender Justice. Carrington said in a press release, now more than ever, jazz musicians, educators, presenters, and practitioners must turn their attention to inclusivity in the creative and performance process to incorporate more women and gender non-binary artists and professionals for the further development of the art form. The Institute, she continued, will address injustices in jazz through research projects and performance-based programs that will allow students of all gender identities to collaborate, learn, and grow as artists within the Berkeley community and beyond. The Institute will be inaugurated on Tuesday, October 30th, with an open house featuring and addressed by visiting scholar Farah Jasmine Griffin, a roundtable discussion, and a film screening at David Freend Recital Hall, which is on the Berkeley campus. The open house will conclude with a reception at Cafe 939, featuring a performance by Carrington and other guests. You can find more information about the Berkeley Institute of Jazz and Gender Justice at their website. In other news, the state of the city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania is set to is scheduled to host a summit, the 2018 Jazz Philadelphia Summit, which is going to be held on November 2nd and 3rd, which is very exciting because most jazz conferences are generally hosted in New York through currently Jazz at Lincoln Center for Jazz Congress and also the Jazz Education Network, which is also a yearly event as well. So this is very exciting. I'll read a couple of the headlines, and this is another article from the Jazz Times. The 2018 Jazz Philadelphia Summit, this first event of its kind in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, will take place on November 2 and 3 at several locations around the city, including the University of Arts, the Kimmel Center for the Performing Arts, and select jazz venues. The two-day two event, which is free but requires registration, features workshops, panel discussions, and performances to bolster jazz's presence in Philadelphia. It is intended for jazz enthusiasts and aspiring musicians as well as industry professionals such as established artists, presenters, 
curators, community advocates, and civic leaders. The summit's keynote speaker will be six-time Grammy nominee vocalist Nina Freelon, and other confirmed speakers include Faye Anderson, Jean and Marcus Baylor, who are musicians as well, Sean Brady, a journalist for the Philadelphia Inquirer and the Jazz Times, Janice Burley-Wilson, the founder of Pittsburgh International Jazz Festival, and many, many more. Um, I highly recommend, if you have some free time during that weekend, definitely make it a priority to go, meet new people, network, and find out what else is going on. Next, another exciting development in music, Spotify now lets artists bypass labels and upload their own music content as well. And John and Alice Coltrane, their home is now going to be designated as a national treasure, which is super exciting and very necessary because um, John Coltrane is clearly a master and was one of the gatekeepers of this music. If you want to find out more news, I highly recommend you download the Riff Music News podcast to stay connected and find out more about new artists. So now we're going to get into this special guest we have today. We have Nick Biello, who is an alto saxophonist and composer. What's up, Uni? Hey! How's it going? It's so great to have you here. It's great to be here. Yes. So today we're going to talk about who Nick is, what inspires him, and he has just released a new album on Truth Revolution Records, which is one of my favorite labels as well. And if you haven't checked out Truth Revolution Records, definitely their catalog is immense. And what's really special about it is that the artists are in control of all of their content and there's no... There's really no um, back and forth with any when it comes to programming and creating the art. It's all in the favor of the artist. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Nick. How are you doing today? Doing great. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Yes. So the name of your album is? Vagabond Soul. Vagabond Soul. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, what made you name the album? So the... During the time period that I was composing the music for the record, I was moving a lot. Like just absolutely, it was it was crazy. Within six months, I maybe moved like three times. I moved from the Bronx to Queens, and then I decided to pack my car up and drive to Florida and lived in Florida for a month. Oh my God. And then I drove cross country, <laughs> and I was just kind of like not tethered by any one particular home base for the first time in my life. Wow. And I've always been kind of a homebody, so I wasn't really used to that feeling. But it was actually a really cool feeling. And and in a way, I learned a lot about myself. And the record as a whole is very is very inflective. And um, I, pretty much all the tunes that I wrote, except for, of course, the one standard, You Stepped Out of a Dream, were written from a very uh, emotional and personal wow. place. Oh, I love that. So you're originally from... Waterbury, Connecticut. That's right. Yes. Good old Waterbury, yes. Connecticut. Yes, <laughs> I am from Connecticut myself. Right on. <laughs> we all That's how we get along together. so well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you originally, you, you, you just spoke about um, you not being used to 
being a, a vagabond, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> um, and you had originally grew up there, what was your experience like being in Connecticut? And it was obviously a part of your musical journey. So how did that? For sure, happen? yeah. I mean, I, uni, I, I pretty much loved my my upbringing. I grew up around a lot of musicians. My dad was a musician. He was a classical flautist who played in the Hartford and New Haven symphonies and a lot of other local groups. And I was really inspired by listening to music he would play for me. And when I was a kid, I'd go to bed and he would play um, Charlie Parker, Now's the Time, just on repeat. So I'd fall asleep and I, I think that music would just get subconsciously embedded into my into my mind. <laughs> and uh, when I went to school, I went to the University of Hartford when I was 18 and I got the chance to to study with the great Jackie McLean. During those years, he was still he was still pretty vital, and he he was wow. in good health and and he was in in good strength enough to come uh, to school at least once a month. And whether he lectured or taught jazz history or once in a while, if he was super lucky, gave you a private lesson just to be in the presence of greatness yeah. was a feeling I'll never I'll never forget. It was the first time I was in uh, a room with someone that had a spirit and an aura that you can almost see. Like emanating he was a fire. force. Yeah, he was absolutely a <laughs> force. And still is one of my biggest inspirations. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. definitely agree with, you with that. J-Mac. <laughs> J-Mac lives. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the personnel on your album. Sure. So if you haven't gone and checked it out, the cats on the album, we have Phil Markowitz on piano, John Benitez on bass, Clarence Penn on the drums, Vincent Leonti on viola, Paul Jones on tenor saxophone, and Andrew Renfro on guitar. It seems that you have a lot of heavy hitters, and then also some new people that have been on the scene lately, which is really cool. So yeah. you're pulling on all these different, um, not different sounds, but you're pulling from different generations is for what I'm sure. trying to say. That's yeah. what I wanted to go for. Yeah. And and I've also never seen this combination <laughs> of people. Can you talk about it's, how what how do you get how you got all these guys together? It's definitely a, a, a new group. I don't think those guys had ever played with each other in that combination. <laughs> I know Clarence and John and and Phil had played together. I don't know if they had ever been together as a trio, but I studied with Phil at Manhattan School of Music and he was a, a wonderful teacher and is still an inspiration to me wow. as a musician that I, I don't know if he's paralleled by anyone else. He's just an absolute genius, and he's a great accompanist. As much as he's a, an amazing soloist, I knew that it, for, for the music that I wrote, which had very uh, specific compositional elements, mm -hmm. especially for the piano, I knew he was a guy that uh, would actually take the time to really learn it and put his own stamp on it. And not only did he learn what I wrote, but he made it his own and improved on it by doing so. So that was great to have, have Phil on the record. That's so great. I love when, when you give people music and you just trust them to, to yeah. that they're not only going to interpret it the way that you want it to, but then they, like you said, they make it, make their own. That's really, Absolutely. that's awesome. And uh, John Benitez is kind of like a big brother figure to me. He's a cat that has been generous enough to sort of take me under his wing and give me 
sort of a lot of great advice. And tutelage. Yeah, totally. I've learned a lot from John. I still learn a lot from John. He's great. He's he, got such a happy spirit all the time. I know. I've never seen him get angry ever. <laughs> I've seen him get a little down maybe, but never angry. For, yeah. For sure. He's got so much love and it comes out in his playing. It does. I think he loves music more than anything. So he's just so gen- genuinely excited to play music mm-hmm. and to just be around you know, musicians and get to you know, share that love with, with them. And so he was uh, he was amazing to have on on the project. He also helped me produce it a little bit. Wow. And would come to some mixing sessions and and if one thing John has for sure, it's he has really really uh, well-informed opinions. So he's someone I trusted so much. And because it was my first record as a leader, I kind of needed to lean on that a little bit. And so he was really yeah. kind of like my guiding star in a lot of ways. The debut album. Yes. What about I found it so before I even listened to the record I saw that you had a viola player. I was like, ooh, what is this going to sound like? And what track are they on? <laughs> so how did you bring um, Vincent in into the project? Okay, so my fiance, Victoria, is is a wonderful opera singer. And her cousin, much older cousin, is is a violist in the Metropolitan Opera Symphony Orchestra. He's had that gig for for decades. Wow. And he's, he's a wonderful classical violist, but had never played... On a jazz session. What? And he's a cat that he was on, like, uh, the last Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett video that they made. And to him, it's just like showing up for work to go to a gig. It's like, yeah, I made <laughs> made some video with some, some chick named Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah, just some lady. <laughs> yeah, you know. totally. I got and, paid and her last name's Gaga. <laughs> yeah, with, exactly. Tony Bennett, he sounded good. It was cool. So he was actually really excited to play on a, on a jazz recording session. And when he showed up, he he's a very unassuming cat. So... <laughs> Phil and 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 the other guys were calling him your your your, your cousin Vinny, <laughs> and they didn't really quite take him seriously until they heard him play and they realized that he's a remarkable violist. Wow. And it was really great to have him. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah. Can you which track is he on again? He's on uh, a, a tune of mine called Piccolo. Piccolo. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I was wondering why you named it Piccolo. Okay. Because <laughs> well, like, you're not playing Piccolo. On <laughs> no, I wasn't, and, I, and you don't want you don't want to hear me play Piccolo. <laughs> well. I, I've been big into animal rescue, and there was one particular cat that I rescued, and he was a little guy, so oh. I named him Piccolo. And he, I rescued him when he was like a day old. Oh, man. So it was like a really beautiful kind of parental experience. Yeah. You know? And so I always remembered that little guy, and so that tune was named for him. Oh, pets are great. Yeah, I love animals. They're, they're the best. They really, they're loyal. For sure. And when you... You can just rely on them to pick you up. I like you up animals all the better time. than some people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> animals are better than most yeah, people sometimes. I, I think so. <laughs> um, then you have Paul Jones on tenor. Yeah. You guys have a really, really great vibe. You guys play off of each other, and in some of the tunes, like there's a little like counterpoint going on too, like with the melodies and stuff. Like, how did you guys play together before, or what's your relationship? I went to to college with Paul. I went to Manhattan School of Music oh. with him, and uh, he's a just a really remarkable tenor saxophone player and a great musician, great composer. His, mm. his records are, are really just amazing new uh, music records. I don't, I don't know if you would call them jazz or what you would call them because right. he's such an individual that his style o- almost goes beyond genre. He's an amazing musician and it was awesome to have you him on the You guys sounded so great together. I had oh, never heard you. of him before either and I was like, wow, they you guys have a lot of virtuosity, virtuosity, <laughs> and the ideas that you guys bounce off each other. Oh, is thank really, you, Uni. really dope. And then Andrew Renfro, he's he's a good friend of mine too. So 
when I found out he was on, I was like, oh man. <laughs> Renfro is like the new guitar player that's out here these yeah. days. And I w- actually went to school with him too. So right I've on. been able to see his growth. So when I saw that he was on there, what made you reach out to, to I think Renfro is one of the best guitar players in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't I think agree. anyone plays guitar like he does. I mean, it, you could hear the, the Peter Bernstein influence. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that he's able to support a band as a guitarist without a pianist. Because I've done a lot of gigs with him. Um, in in a band where he was the only chordal player, mm-hmm. and I never missed piano, and I can't say that about many guitar players. He's a real selfless kind of player. Yeah. Um, he I don't think he ever plays a note that he doesn't mean to play. I I, I don't know if I can respect another musician more than I respect Andrew. Oh. And he's a really fun hang. Yeah. <laughs> he's good people. He really is. Um. Are there any tracks? I have some of my favorite tracks, but before I ask you about the ones that I like, which is one or what are your top top two? If someone's like, "Oh, I want to ch- I want to hear your album," or they buy it, like, what track should I listen to first? I'm really happy with the way the title track "Vagabond Soul" came mm-hmm. out. I think it's a cool track because it, it features most most of the band. It really features Clarence at the end with the drum solo vamp and Clarence, you know. Is just a, a monster. <laughs> yeah, He's Clarence yeah. Penn. I mean, <laughs> he just destroys. He came into the session and he just like almost not really sight read the music because we had a rehearsal and checked it out. But it was like he knew exactly what everyone was going to play before they played wow. it. <laughs> and I also like uh, the, the first track, which is entitled "Viology." Yeah. What What inspired the name of "Viology"? So is that my mother's name is Victoria and my fiance's name is Victoria. So I figured I could kind of you know. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> the two yeah. women in your life. Yeah, exactly. The two women who the study of V. <laughs> that's right. Who take care of me, <laughs> put up with all my all my BS. <laughs> <laughs> Behind every great man, <laughs> there's two great women. There's two great women. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, my favorite tracks. I really liked Grandparents a lot. I oh, loved okay. like the the waltz. Um, the melody and the chord changes really stood out. Kind of, it had a lot of blues in there. It mm. had a lot of tradition, and and it really, the melody really caught me. That's the one, the one thing that I really listen for is in um, mm. when I like songs. Is mm. it's it was simple, but it also told a story too, and and it was just really fun. Um, and I love how it starts off with Benitez soloing. And all that, so it really highlighted him too in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, what is it, it's obviously about your grandparents? But. Yeah, it's, it's about my <laughs> maternal grandparents who I was really close with growing up. They would actually lived right next door to me. Oh, so, oh wow, lucky! Cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I was really lucky. So you know, grandparents are like your other set of parents. Exactly, they'll spoil you. They spoil you. They don't. They, they give you everything that's good, and if you act out, they're just like, go home to your parents, let them deal with it. <laughs> So I was really, really close with my mom's grandparents. Yeah. And and you know, as 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 time went on, they 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 both passed, and I really uh, owe them a lot because they were actually were always so supportive of my music. They bought me my my soprano that I still own. They surprised oh. me with it, which was an amazing surprise. And so in that tune, I tried to both channel maybe the spirit of them, whether they're you know, existing in a different place, mm-hmm. but still with me. And also I was trying to channel the 
the inner memories I had of them and to bridge the two together because I feel like and when people leave you in this world, we don't know where they go. We want to believe that they go either to a better place or to a higher place. Right. I personally think that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But then we also have the memories and, and the, the love that we keep inside of us. And if you can bridge the two together, then maybe we're still communicating. Yeah. So in that tune, I, I was almost trying to to speak to my grandparents. Well, I heard it. <laughs> cool. I heard it. It was really, it was great. Thank you so much, Yuri. Um, Another track I really liked was Dark Energy. Mm. <laughs> that was with you and Paul. That's right. You and Paul. Yeah. And there's no chords on that track, so it's just me, Paul, John, and Phil. So it was a real open sound. Yeah. And like the, the counterpoint of the melodies that... Did you did you write both parts or was it more yeah. improvisational? It was yeah, I, I wrote a two voice counterpoint, Ooh. and I wanted to I wanted to keep the um, keep chords out of it because even though John is playing E minor, I wanted to to let the, the two counterpoint lines be able to be chromatic and sort of go where you know wherever the they go melodically where it made sense. Mm, I did not miss the pian- piano in that. No offense. I don't, I don't either. No, no offense to, 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 <laughs> no offense to, to Phil, and to of Phil. course, no yeah, offense yeah, yeah. to Andrew. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, mean I, it. I really liked it. I didn't. It's like almost like I didn't even notice that there wasn't any chords. It was yeah, that. didn't need it. We tried it once with with chords because Phil really wanted. He had, Phil, of course, hears like everything. He's yeah. got the most razor sharp ears, and he wanted to play some stuff over it. And maybe one of the hardest things for me to say was to tell Phil Markowitz, who's like oh, one God. of the baddest dudes in the world, like. I think we're just going to do this cordless. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I, well, who am I to tell film workers oh, to do anything? But, like, it worked better without cords. Right, yeah. It had nothing to do with Phil, of course. And, uh, just, yeah, it could have been any any yeah, pianist. Yeah. And it just, it just it resonates it. so well without, yeah. without any cords. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, and then I'm a, a jazz head, so I really liked You Stepped Out of a Dream. <laughs> I really liked that. Like, what? Why that standard in particular? Um, I was actually, that's this is me being a jazz head too. <laughs> I was just experimenting with putting Coltrane harmonic changes mm-hmm. over a standard and something that I hadn't heard that had been done. Yeah. And I like that tune. The way you did that. It's a beautiful tune. Yes. And I'm like, hey, it works over this. I can, I can fit it in. And John really liked it too. John was like, brother, I love this. This and is that, great. And <laughs> that is the tradition of the music is to um, keep it, musical integrity and put your own voice on it and also stay in that um that idiom of for sure yeah yeah i mean all those masters gave us such a gift in their music and Mm -hmm. and coltrane gave us you know he gave us so much he gave us the universe uh especially as a a saxophonist like you know (laughs) like as saxophonists we know that it's just like he gave us like it almost reinvented the instrument in yeah. a way. She said, "Oh, this is what you can do with it." <laughs> but I lo- I love his his um his harmonic chord changes that are based on giant steps and countdown because even though they're they're very complex and there's a lot of harmony involved, they still are beautiful and and they lend themselves to really nice melodies. Mm-hmm. So it worked over that tune and I still try to geek out every once in a while and, and put them over standards. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it and it's like it. a good workout and totally. challenge. Absolutely. Um, are there any other tracks that you want songs that you want to um bring to light? Let's see, I haven't listened to the record in 
in a little bit. I'm trying to remember what, what else is on the record. <laughs> I, I remember I just did one duo track or two duo tracks with John. We just went in the studio after everyone else had recorded and we played together. And we actually played together for a while, and it was kind of fun selecting the, like, the right moments. Yeah. Because we just wanted to select a couple of little vignettes that would just be sort of like transitory tracks to put in between like the main course. And it was cool. We, we didn't have any preconceived ideas. We just played together. And that experience of playing with, with John oh, like man. that was, it was cool. It was heavy. Oof. How did you come to find Truth Revolution Records, and why did you want to release your debut album on TRR? Okay. So I'm from Connecticut, as is Zakai Curtis and Lucas Curtis and their other, their older brother, Damien. And uh, just kind of growing up together and on the music scene and, and playing with each other, um, I got to know those guys. And, of course, they're just unbelievable musicians, but they're maybe even better people and I you know got to know their family and they were always so warm and welcoming and when I would go visit them they would just kind of treat me like I was part of the family and it was really great to get to know them um, and I knew that they were the kind of people that if I put my record out on their label that they would treat it with respect and and they would give it their all because they're mm. you know they're musicians themselves they're not looking to make like you know a profit, a profit. they're it. not businessmen yeah. they're, i mean and they are businessmen and what they do is musicians and they're very successful as they should be but as far as their record label goes they are helping other musicians get their music out there and i know they've been doing that for for many years so that they've been entrenched in in this yeah. industry for a while they've been doing it for a long time and they're always looking to help yes other musicians to create and to bring people together absolutely in all of that and yeah. it's it's amazing yeah i'm super happy to have the record on truth revolution yeah and and yeah. i can't wait to put the next one out as well yes so. awesome well you have a couple of really exciting projects coming up you're going to be going on tour you're going apparently you're going to taiwan taiwan you want to yeah share your awesome endeavors that are coming up i would up? love to yeah it's it's a long flight, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be going to Taiwan for the Taichung Jazz Festival. I'm just looking at the schedule right I've here. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I, I I had heard of it a few years ago. I heard that I had heard that that Taiwan has been a really really growing industry for for jazz, for, for jazz and for the saxophone because they have all those saxophone factories there. Oh my god! <laughs> so people love jazz wow. and they love the saxophone. And mm. it's a huge jazz festival, and it's 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 definitely a hang. So I've never been to Taiwan before, That's so and dope. I can't wait to go. Are it's you bringing a, your own band? It's not my band. It's it's a bass player. His name is Vincent Su, and also on the the um the hit is going to be Luis Perdomo on piano and yeah. Jerome Jennings on drums. Oh. So it's going to be a really fun band to play with. Good people. Really good people. Yeah. Good people. Good and great musicians. Yeah. Oh my God, for sure. Yeah, and then. Where else are you going? You going to Seoul? Yeah, I'm going to be going to, to South Korea for another week, just immediately following that uh, Taichung festival. Oh, you're just going to stay right, stay right over. Yeah, right I just over. figured I would just, you know, fly right over and play some more music. Oh, that's so awesome. That's going to be more like small clubs. There's actually quite a, quite a few jazz clubs in Seoul, surprisingly, and so I just booked a bunch of performances with local bands there, and going to hang out, and play some music. Ooh, and that is that the same group or? It's a different group. It's actually a bunch of uh, uh, Korean musicians. And also one of my good wow. friends, uh, his name is Manuel Weyand. He's originally from Germany. Met him here. 
and now he's one of the the, the drum professors at uh, a college in in Seoul. In Seoul, yeah. How did you get connected to Seoul? <laughs> I have no idea. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those cats that just has his has his feelers out everywhere. And yeah, he, yeah, one, yeah. he told us one day, hey, I'm moving to Seoul, guys. And I'm like, okay, man, cool. <laughs> like, cool, I'll, I'll see you yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, and I've been there before, and it's amazing. Right, and right. I can't wait to go again. Oh, that's so dope. And you have some new projects coming out? What? I do. Yeah, I, I have a, a sextet that's going to be touring in Washington State early next year in, in February mm. of 2019. Oh, that's soon. It's really soon. That's really yeah. soon, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually finishing the, writing the music for it, so that's pretty important, I guess. <laughs> what kind of, um, what's the vibe? What's It's um, it's kind of modeled after Chick Corea's origin band. Oh, cool. I really love that music. Yeah. It's, it's more through composed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the instrumentation is myself, and um, there's a wonderful trumpet player named Charlie Porter. Who lives in Portland? An amazing trumpet player. They've got a nice scene out there. There's a really nice yeah. scene out there, and really good, nice weather too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, David Marriott is the trombonist. His, his brother Thomas Marriott is a wonderful trumpet player who actually plays in New York pretty often. Oh, cool! So those cats are on the West Coast, and then it's Alex Tremblay is the bass player, who I'm sure you know, Alex. Yeah, I know yeah. Alex. Another Hartford. Hartford Hang right Hartford there. Hartford Hang. I love that. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Amon is a Swedish. I'm sorry. Sorry, Sebastian. He's a Swiss pianist. Ah, he's not going to let me get oh, over that. <laughs> we should leave that he's in there. He's not going to let that down. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my, one of my best buddies, uh, Jake Robinson, is the drummer. And uh, it's going to be a really fun band. We're, we're, we're playing five nights in Washington State, a couple nights in Seattle, and doing some master classes for oh, kids out there. Oh, yes. It's going to be cool. That's awesome. I hope that you decide to record that project. We will be doing that's that. That's going to be yeah. awesome. It's going to be on Instagram, live, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. Where, so where can, speaking of Instagram, where can people find you? How can we follow you? And what are, yeah, what's your Instagram? So my Instagram is Nick Bielo Music, which is N-I-C-K-B-I-E-L-L-O Music. And you can... Please follow me, and I'll follow you back, and I'd love to see what uh, what you're doing, and, and if you want to check in with me and see what I'm doing with my my recent projects and some videos and a bunch of wacky stuff, you can you can tune in and see you live. You can see do me do all this, all, all these things stuff. live. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks this for having was me. Uni. Super fun. Likewise. And now I've gotten to know another Hartford. Yeah. Hartfordite. We got we got to keep that Hartford circle going. Exactly. Because <laughs> we all stick together. That's right. Right on. <laughs> Great. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and comment so you can keep up to date and be in tune with the next episode. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you. Thanks for listening. Here's a clip from my debut album, Vagabond Soul. It's the title track. Hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening.